Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Hey, hey. Love you guys. Good morning. Good morning. What's that? Oh, Jessica wants me to let everybody know that I don't wear dirty shirts. Um, We have kids, so they make our shirts dirty. Um, Fun stuff happening. My name's Jesse. If you haven't met me yet, feel free to come on up after the service. Say hi to me. I like to meet everyone. Um, We have a a couple new additions to our family. We have uh, a 17-month-old Josue. This little guy running around up here. Very happy kid. This is my amazing wife, Jessica, if you haven't met her yet. And then um, Josue's sister is eight weeks old. She's a little bundle of little, little pea right there. Um, anyway, we, uh, on Monday, we, we got these two. Uh, we're fostering them with uh, the possibility of adopting. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not Nicole. I ain't preaching like this. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're heavy. Um anyway. Uh, you guys made him shy. You looked at him. What's going on? Um anyway, we just wanted to introduce to you guys. They're part of our family now until um either the parents um get their kids back or we end up being the ones that raise them. So it's a good thing. Children are a blessing. Amen. It's what God says, and we believe it. Pray for us. <laughs> Seriously. All right, we'll, we'll start this. I don't know how long we're going to get this way. Pray for me. Um, all right, well, hey, good morning. I'm, I'm excited. I love church. I love because uh, you guys show up. We could do church at home and we'd be okay, but we'd miss uh, doing this together. And there's something powerful that happens when we come together. You know, there was a big conference called Heaven's, Heaven Come, Heaven's Come. How many of you guys were at that? Raise your hand. It's a bunch. I heard, I heard a bunch of you guys were there and it's like, um, maybe it just feels like there's a bunch because if you go there and like everybody knows, but the, there's something funny. You know, you can, have you ever watched a conference online and it's, it's powerful. You get the teaching, but when you go in person, something happens, right? Like for you guys that went, you like sat, you drove up to LA, you sat and it was a worship and teaching and, and Redding and Bethel up in Redding had a lot of, Stephen Furtick was there. He's, he's awesome. Um, and he's got a couple, uh, he interviews TD Jakes on a couple YouTube videos. They're fire. So go find those Stephen Furtick and TD Jakes. But something happens when you're actually in the room with the preaching, with the worship, with the fellowship, there's something changes in your spirit. And it like, it just connects with you a little bit differently. And so, you know, I, I want to encourage you guys, if you don't go to conferences, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a conference goer, but I tell you, like every time I, I end up going to one, just cause I'm like, you know what, Jesse, it's worth the energy. It's worth the time. I've got kids, but it's still worth it. Every time I go to a, a meeting, a worship night, a conference, uh, whether it's impact, creative conference, whatever, something powerful happens that would not have happened had I watched online. So I just want to shoot that to you guys. I encourage you, if there's a conference coming up, I don't care who does it, like just find somewhere that they're talking about God, they're worshiping, and, and, and show up. And just like Sunday mornings, like something happens when you show up on a Sunday morning together in person. You could, you could watch us online and be powerful, um, but, uh, but I, I honestly, something powerful happens when you're in, in, in community, in person. Um, this ain't going to work. I'm going to have my arm. Okay, he's a happy kid. You walked him, everybody's like waving at him. He's waving back. He's like, stranger danger doesn't exist right now. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, let me pray. Father, ah, we love you. We love you, God. We thanks we get to worship you and just lift up your name. We say we thank you for the healing you're doing in the room with our brother up here and everybody else in the room that needs healing, God, that your healing presence, God, is here for delivering us of every little thing and 
filling us with joy and overwhelming. I know I need to be filled with more joy. Sometimes just being on the front lines. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. Oh, Lord, may your Holy Spirit speak to us today as we just embark on this adventure. Amen. Okay, so hey, listen, we're going to do some fun stuff today. Um, we're going to, about once, uh, once a year, we've been here about three years, and we try to do this every, at least once a year, is take everybody through um, learning and, and growing in the prophetic, okay? And so one thing we do once a month is we do a teaching or hearing from God class. How many of you guys have ever taken that class? Raise your hand. Raise, you ever hear? So about a third of you, maybe a quarter, um, I've done this. So this is great. So, um, but we have a core value in our community that everybody gets to hear from God. And I know a lot of people, they'll come to this church and, and um, they've, they've seen it done, they've heard about it, maybe they even accidentally did it one time, but they don't have, uh, they don't actually have the, they don't have the confidence that anytime I want to, I can hear from God. And that to me, it just feels like, man, that was one of the things that lit me on fire for God when I realized that I could actually ask Him questions and He'd respond. I remember I was listening to a pastor named uh, Chris Valentin one time, I'd never heard of the guy before, I've been reading. And he, and, uh, you know, for all the things that you could be excited about, um, about Bethel Church up in Reading, which I love, they just did the conference. One thing that got me on board with all of the supernatural stuff was that Chris was talking about, hey, he's reading in the, in, about, um, about Lot, and he's, and he's, and he's speaking on this podcast, he says, and, and then, and then the Lord asked me a question, what's Lot's wife's name? And, and Chris is like, well, I don't really know that answer. And, but here's, here's what got me was that God actually talked to Chris. And I sat there just dumbfounded listening to the story he was telling me, and I couldn't believe God spoke to him. And I don't know if you guys, if you guys ever grow up just reading the Word, and the Word never talked back to you, or or or, um, or praying to God, and He never prayed back to you, never talked back to you, like, that to me, it just changed my whole Christian walk. And I've taught people the prophetic, probably close to, I'd say, legitimately three to four, Three to four hundred different times I've taught the class on hearing from God over five plus years of home groups. And so in every single time, there's someone new in our group that had never done it before. And when they, when they, the first time they knew, they knew that they knew that they heard from God, just the look on their face that like everything changed. What? You mean I just heard God? You mean that was right? Like that really ministered to you? Like I didn't know that about you. And they're just like, oh my gosh. And the next week they came back and they were, and they, they, they did it again and again. And before long, they're, they're, they're just like one of the apostles hearing from Jesus and speaking words. So we're going to do that today. Amen. Everybody say, yay. All right. We're going to do a little bit of um, sharing on the prophetic that we don't normally do in the little class. And then we're going to give lots of time to be activated. Now do not leave because you're afraid of talking to somebody. Okay. This isn't that day, okay? This isn't the day that you leave because you're afraid of talking to somebody. This is the day that we're all going to be afraid of talking to people, okay? So now you're not singled out, okay? Um, so just keep that in the back of your head. But we're gonna, I'm going to share a little bit about the prophetic, time, prophetic and read some scripture, and then we're going to jump in. Um, I'm convinced, I'm convinced, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that um, hearing from God for other people in your community is the fastest way to build deep connection with each other. Okay? Because I can pray for Michael, Michael Erickson over here, and I can say, God, I just, I just pray for your finances, I pray for your job, I pray for this and for that, your family. And he, you know, he might feel blessed, but when I ask the Father, God, what do you love about Michael? What do you, what's the, what's the gold that you have in him, that you've placed in him? And God starts speaking to me about Michael, and I start, and I start seeing the way that God sees him. And then I start telling him, can you, can you understand how, how, how seen and, like, Michael's gonna be like, oh my gosh, that's way different than just my job and my relationship. This is like, you know the heart of the Father over me. And now, whether we hang out every day or not, we're gonna feel I have a connection because, because we're looking at each other through God's eyes. That's all the prophetic is. It's, it's, it's asking the Father what He thinks about other people. It's powerful. Let's read some scripture. All right, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 14. Now, prophecy, really, if you've ever heard of prophecy, and, and probably most of you have, some of you guys, it might be a scary word, like prophets of the olden age, and 
whatever, in the, in the Old Testament. Really, prophecy is just hearing from God for other people. It's one of the gifts in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, um, 4 through 11, where it talks about the gifts of healing, um, words and knowledge, prophecy, wisdom, all these different gifts that, that God has given us. And, and, and if you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, you get all of the gifts. I make this really simple. It's like the Holy Spirit is like a $100 bill walking into Starbucks. You can buy any of the drinks on the board. Any of them. All of them. Well, not probably not all of them, but it's, <laughs> coffee's not cheap. But, but you can buy any of the gifts with the Holy Spirit. In fact, He bought and paid for not just your salvation, but for you to be filled with the fullness of God. Now, do you think the fullness of God excludes certain things? Or do you think it actually means the full? All right, all right. So listen, we're not excluded from any of the gifts. In fact, 1 Corinthians 4, um, 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 3, it says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3. Let's just go there. I'm already there. All right. Let's just start reading this. All right, for, verse 1. So by the way, right before verse um, chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians, this is the love verse, right? The, the weddings, you know, like, Love is patient, love is kind, it's not easily angered. But it talks about, it says, it says at verse 10, well, I'll say verse 8, well, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, love never fails. Say love never fails. Come on, guys. That's a good verse to memorize. Love never fails. So if you're ever wondering how you're going to get out of something, you just say, God, you said love never fails. And that'll get you out of everything says, love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part when we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. And then he goes on, he says at verse 13, but now faith, hope, love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so this is like the love chapter. What it's saying is, listen, if you, if you, you can prophesy with tongues, and, and or you can prophesy, you can speak in tongues, but if you don't have love, You've got nothing. And so he start, before he dives into this whole chapter, verse chapter 14 on, on prophecy and tongues, he starts off with this chapter on love. And so I want to tell you, if you're prophesying over people and you're not a, 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 a kind person to them, stop prophesying. Just stop. You, you missed the order, okay? First, learn how to move in love and then move in the gifts. I think they go together sometimes because when you heal, when you pray for healing, that's awfully loving. And when they get healed, they feel really loved. In fact, even if they don't get healed, did you ever know that people feel loved whether they get healed or not? So if you're ever wondering, maybe, maybe should I not pray for them? Because what if nothing happens? What are they going to think? I tell you what they think. They think, wow, you just took all this time to show me attention and to pray for me and to ask for healing. Nope, nobody does that for me. I feel so loved. It's never happened that they said, man, that didn't work. You definitely don't love me. So I just want to say, moving in the gifts is one of the most loving things that you can do. Okay? So, but, but if you're not a loving person, if you're mean and not happy person and you're spreading your unhappiness, just keep your prophetic words to yourself because they're probably, they're probably going to come out wrong anyway. All right. All right. So we talk about love. And then verse one of chapter 14 says, pursue love. Everybody say, pursue love. How many of you guys are pursuing love right now? You know, and Jesus is the man love. And so let's just keep pursuing him. And in this, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. That desire earnestly actually translates to like a, like a, like a, a lustful desire, like an earn, like, like yearn after. Desire earnestly. I never understood it when people were like, brother, don't, don't get too caught up in the gifts, all right? It's about love. Yeah, but Paul says, pursue love. He even says yet, which is interesting. I'm not, I, I, you know, I, you, 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 you do that what you want, but he says pursue love yet earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Why do you think he says that? Anybody have an idea? They're not exclusive. What's another idea? Yeah. What do you say? That shows love. Yeah. So it's like he says, pursue, lo pursue love, 
by the way, this is how you do it. Is you desire earnestly the spiritual gifts. See, listen, we can, we can feed the poor and never, and never operate in faith. Never operate. The Christians aren't, aren't, aren't set apart because of the sandwiches they hand out. They're set apart because of the power and the truth that we hold. So we can't run this walk of, 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 of Christianity. We can't follow Jesus separate from pursuing the spiritual gifts. I mean, I think we can. I think we can because we can still believe with our heart and, and confess with our mouth that he is Lord. But, he, but as a Christian, as a disciple, when we're, when, we're, when we're following Jesus, we will do the works that Jesus did. In fact, Chris Valentin said this one time. He says, does heaven have enough evidence on you to call you a believer? Because it says these signs will follow those who believe. I'm just gonna leave that right there. <laughs> I'm not trying to condemn you if you don't if you don't operate in the gifts, you don't practice praying in the gifts. I I, I do want to push you that if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to do what He did. And how do you know what He did? But read the book, read read the book of read the Gospels, read about it in Acts. What the disciples did. Okay, we're we're we're, we're moving. Pursue love yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. But especially, say especially, especially, it says it in there, that you may prophesy. Don't you think all Christians should especially prophesy after reading that scripture? I'm being cheeky. I'm, I'm, I'm serious though, but this is, because I've heard so many people as I've taught this class, they say, well, brother, don't, you know, not all of us have that gift. But brother, it's not just about the gifts. I'm just telling you what it says. But, it, but especially that you may prophesy. So I, I believe what he's saying is all the spiritual gifts are wonderful. Pursue them. Yearn after them. But especially, especially talk to God about other people. All right, moving on. For the one who speaks in tongues does not to speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mystery. But the one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Strengthening, edifying, building them up, blessing them. This is why I think Paul says it. He says this is especially. Why? Because, listen, the, the walk of the Christian is not unto yourself. It's for the salvation of all. It's, it's for the building up of all the saints, the people in the church, out of the church. And prophecy is one of the few gifts that's called, that's designed for other people. That's designed to lift other people up. When you pray in tongues, you pray to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Unless you're doing it for the congregation and you get an interpretation. I get that. But, but prophecy is, is about building up the body. And I love that. Okay. Oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to reduce my notes here because when I teach the class, I teach it on a fourth grade level because, because when, when you make prophecy uh, uh, like a three-hour teaching, everybody gets really afraid of it because it becomes complicated. And so when I teach, I make it really, really simple. So we're going to keep it simple today a little bit, but I'm going to get some of the scripture. Um, there's, there's the purpose of prophecy. Everybody say the purpose. Think, what do you think the purpose of prophesying over somebody would be? To build up, what was that? Encouragement, I love it. Cool. So, for you, you can, uh, to edify and exhort some of the other words, 1 Corinthians says, for you can prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be exhorted. 14 verse 31. I love it. It says, for you can all prophesy one by one. Do you think all means all Christians? Or just all women Christians? Probably all Christians, right? We're not, it's not just the women that get all the fun. First Corinthians 4, 3, we already said it, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Now, there's a couple different types. There's lots of different styles of prophecy. There's words of knowledge. There's words of knowledge for healing, where we're up here literally prophesying what God wants to heal. You ever heard us up here in front if you're new, but someone will say, God is healing elbows right now, right elbows. If that's you and that's a word of knowledge, feel free to get healed. But, but that's, the, that's, that's one form of prophecy. 
When I was on a missions trip, we'd be on the, in, in Brazil uh, with uh, uh, one of Randy Clark's teams. We were on the bus and we'd write down what God wants to do in the meeting. And then when we get in the meeting, we already know what he wants to do. How did we know? Because we talked with him. So there's, there's a couple different types of prophecy I want to hit on this time. One is, is foretelling and the other one is forthtelling. Say foretelling. Okay, now say forthtelling. Okay, so foretelling is, is, is when, is you're basically saying something about the future that you could not know. Okay? So, uh, in, in, um, in Acts 11, 28, um, it says, one of them named A- uh, Agabus stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit, because that's how we prophesy, by the Spirit, that there would certainly be a, t- a great famine all over the world. And this took place in the, re- in the reign of Claudius. And so we actually prophesied it and it happened. You look at, um, sometimes we, we foretell um, in dreams. We'll have a dream about something and it happens. I had a dream one time. I was, I was uh, going, I was meeting a, a friend of ours named Chad Denman. I was going to meet him in, in, Mos- er, in, in London. And I told him I wasn't able to go to Mozambique. Well, three months later, he says, hey, we're doing a missions trip this summer to Mozambique, Cape Town in London. You should come. And I'm thinking to myself, feel like this sounds familiar. And so I looked through all my, my notes. I have Evernote, keep all my prophetic and dreams and stuff. And I, and I saw that dream. I said, hey, Chad, I don't know what this means, but I think I'm only supposed to go to London with you guys. Two months later, before we left, Jessica got pregnant. And, the, and she was like three or four months pregnant. And we thought, you know what? It's a pretty good thing we didn't go to Mozambique um, and ministering in the slums and in the, in the, in the bush. Like it, that was probably just wisdom. So the Lord sometimes gives you dreams about the future. And I encourage you to listen to him. Okay. Um, fourth telling, I'm going to read this scripture a little bit. So Ezekiel 37. Sometimes you need like Bible page turning music. You guys are all on your apps. I love it. I remember Banning used to you should tell Jesus culture back when they were still a youth group, you'd say going to going to church without your Bible is like going on a date without a girl, you know, <laughs> or a boy. <laughs> OK. <laughs> OK. <laughs> oh, bring your Bibles. OK. All right. Uh, all right. OK. So this is foretelling. Now, foretelling is we're going to say something and it's actually going to cause the future to happen. Okay, so we're actually called to speak into being that which is not as though it was. I believe that's Romans five, and so we're actually called to speak. You know, um, when uh, when when the, in, in Genesis, when God spoke and there was light, He was foretelling. Now we're called to be creators. We're co-creators with Him, and so it's actually legal for us to co-create with the Father. And so He may share stuff with you so that you can co-create with Him. Did you know that he doesn't want to do everything without you? He could, though, couldn't he? He's God. He's actually better than you at this stuff. But like a good father, he's willing to let his kids practice alongside of him. And that, that to me, is what really marks sonship and daughter, being a daughter, is that, is that you can walk with the father and you can, you can practice with him. You can practice love. You can... You can practice prophecy and healing because you know this is the will of your father that you would hang out and do stuff together. I had, I had Josue. I love Josue. Um, I've heard that's a very, never mind. It's a, in Spanish, it's a very sexy name. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Josue. <laughs> Not till you're 18. Okay. So, but, so, and, uh, but I wanted to give him the mic because like, well, this is, I want my sons to, to do stuff with me, you know, like Reagan's been on stage with me, like, you know, sometimes she gets the note wrong, but it doesn't bother me. And I don't turn to her and say, don't you ever sing again? I say, whoa, that was awesome. They're clapping for you. We're going to get better, I promise. But because but we're going to practice. All right, uh, Ezekiel. All right, so um, so this is, I'm going to, I'll start. So there, th- verse 37, we'll just read it. I like scripture. Verse 30, or chapter 37, Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. 
I want you to just, just don't lose the fact of how mystical this is. Like, this actually happened. He was either transported, lifted up in a vision. I don't know what it is, but he says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out of the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were many, uh, there were there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. Everybody say dry. It was dry. Okay. Verse 3. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And he made the only good answer. He responded, Oh Lord, only you know. <laughs> it's a very safe answer. <laughs> afraid to, <laughs> afraid of getting it wrong, I guess. I don't know. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. Okay. Verse four. Again, he said to me, uh, prophesy over these bones and say to them, Oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Notice he didn't do it himself. It's, it's important. Like God doesn't want to do everything himself. He could. But then he wouldn't be raising sons and daughters. He'd be raising servants. Verse 5, Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter, enter you, that you may come to life, and I will put new sinews on you, mark flesh, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. All right, so here's his part. You ready? This is where Ezekiel says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, say, as I prophesied, it's being created as he's speaking. And it's probably because he spoke, because it wasn't going to happen but until then. And as, uh, as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and behold, sinews were on them. Flesh grew, and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. And say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may come to life. So I prophesied, and he commanded me, as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and then came to life, and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. There's a couple things I get out of that. One, God told him what to do, and did you notice he obeyed? Did you notice that God spoke to him and he actually did what God asked him to do? I know you don't need this, but I want to encourage you guys to listen to the Lord's voice. Actually do what it says. <laughs> if you have this battle in you, like, ah, sometimes I hear his voice, but I, I just want to do my thing. Like, that's been dead ever since you got saved. The old nature that doesn't want to follow his voice is gone. The new nature is prone to hear him not prone to wander. And so I just want to encourage you, if just pray, just speak that into your heart right now. Just say, I'm a Christian that loves to hear the voice and follow it. Because it will always end a lot better than if you chose not to follow it. So forthtelling is speaking things into being. Sometimes I'm up here worshiping and I just start forthtelling transformation, you guys, and everybody, and myself. Father, we just love you, God. I Right now, there's people getting transformed of addictions. Right now, God, there's people being delivered. And I'll just forth tell it right up front. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just speaking it because I hear the Lord loves to do that stuff. So if you ever run out of words to sing in a worship song, just start foretelling and foretelling. And something will happen. Okay. Every now and then I hear little um, objections in my spirit to prophecy. I know it's not you guys. It's somebody else in the world. But I hear them in, my, in the spirit. And so I like to address them. Sometimes someone, one time someone said, you know, Jesse, we shouldn't put God on demand. He may not be speaking to you about that person. Okay, let me hit that one real quick. John, John 10, 27. Um, for one, fun, well, the first, where is it? I don't have the scripture here in front of me, but that, I always, I always think of that scripture for the, for the thoughts of you, the th thoughts of the Lord over you outnumber the sands on the seashore. He, he actually thinks about you. He literally, he's counted the number of hairs on your head. Do you think he has an encouraging word for you right now? And another one right now. And another one right now. The only limitation for you being encouraged by the Lord is your own limitation up here that you think he wants to encourage you. 
So if you wanted to get an encouraging word for yourself every second of the day, if you had that kind of time, you could do it. Some other people say, well, brother, I don't, I don't actually hear the Lord the same way you do. Uh, I just, it just sometimes it just comes to me in the word and that's about it. Yeah, I don't really hear his voice. Okay, well, let me, let me just read some scripture, some truth over you. It says, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they will not hear the voice of another. So I usually tell people this. I say, before you, before you doubt yourself, let's just hear some truth. That way you won't disagree with me anymore. Okay? Say, I hear his voice. And I don't listen to the voice of another. That's the, the only requirement for prophecy, that you hear his voice. And the Bible says you do. This is a really good one. Numbers 11.29. You don't have to go there. I'm going to go there pretty briefly. I could read on my iPad, but I like getting in the Word. Numbers 11.29. This is, I love this, because it's, it's in the Old Testament. Moses is actually prophesying over you and me that we would prophesy. This is great. So everybody's complaining to Moses and all this stuff, and, and all the elders get together, and, and they, they gather a whole bunch of people into a tent. And so I'll read, I'll start at verse 26. Um, oh, so, so all these, so Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And also he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and stationed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him. And he took of the spirit who was upon him and placed him upon the 70 elders. So these are the elders that are meeting in the tent to, to, to lead. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do it again. Verse 26, but two men had remained in the camp, meaning they didn't make it to the tent. The name of one was Eldad and the other name was Medad. And the, and the spirit rested upon them. And now they were among those who had been registered. Da, da, da. Verse 27, so a young man ran and told, I'm sorry, and they prophesied in the camp, not in the tent, in the camp, which was not normal and, and really not allowed, as you'll see in a second. So someone heard this happen and he ran to tell Moses. And says, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And he said, <laughs> that's the voice I hear. You don't hear that, I'm sure. And so, <laughs> verse 28, then Joshua, the son of Nun, who's going to take over for Moses. He, he, so one of the leaders, Joshua, said this. He says, um, Moses, my Lord, restrain them. Don't let them prophesy. But Moses said to him, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Then Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders. Moses was prophesying about the spirit would be amongst all the people. Isn't that cool? And what did Jesus do? He died and brought the spirit to be all the people. He was prophesying about us. So even in the Old Testament, they were talking about you and me hearing from God for somebody else. It was awesome. Okay, we're going to get there. Um. I'm going to skip some of this. I don't want to be rushed when we actually start doing it. You guys like doing stuff? All right? Come on. This is, if you, just because you learned about something doesn't mean you can actually start doing it. Do you know that, that, that people that are doing stuff actually learn, you learn it better than just hearing about it? Because if I taught on prophecy, you guys, and I said, go do it, my guess is six of you would do it. Either you forget about it, you get busy, you're, you wouldn't feel confident. But if we actually do it on a Sunday morning, everything changes. Because now you have muscle memory. You've done it before. You've got that feeling in you. You got scared. You got happy. You got excited. All the feels, right? Okay. <laughs> so here's a couple of guidelines. Um, uh, I don't want to jump around too much. You guys good so far? All right. Some of this is totally like, you guys, some of you guys are experts. Forgive me. Um, we're going to get there. Um, a couple things I want to talk about. When, when, when practically now in our community, um, did you know that some churches don't let the people in the community prophesy over each other? I didn't know that either. But it's true. It's true. Only the leaders of the church get to do it. And one of the reasons I believe why that happens is because um, we, we can trust the leadership to prophesy in a healthy way. But here's my problem with that. <laughs> the Bible says that we should all earnestly desire 
and especially. So, and if you guys never get a chance to, you may never get a chance to learn to. So we're just going to do it together, okay? But in order to do this in a safe, healthy environment, we have to kind of know what are the boundaries and the guidelines for doing, having a healthy prophetic culture, okay? Everybody say healthy prophetic culture. And a healthy prophetic culture is one where we're actually, we're hearing from God for each other and we're actually causing each other to go further and faster than we would have if we hadn't heard from the Lord. But we have to do it in a safe way, okay? And so we know for one, I tell people, our filter whenever we're giving prophetic words to people is to encourage, edify, and exhort, right? So before you share a word in this community for somebody else, He's like, oh, I um, say, Ray, Rebecca, I just, I see, I got a word for you. It's, uh, oh, hold on, I got a filter. Is this going to encourage her, edify her, build her up, strengthen her, bless her? Would I want to get this word? Any of those, right? If it doesn't pass that test, keep it to yourself and maybe just pray for that person silently, okay? And, and, and if you really think you're supposed to give the word, you can bring it to one of the leadership and we can help you with it. Maybe you need to give it a certain way or maybe you just got to keep it to yourself and that's a good confirmation, okay? So that's a, that's a filter, okay? Um, some guidelines, prophetic words. Anytime you receive a word, it needs to be congruent with the scriptures as well as the heart of the Father. Galatians 1.8. But even if we, or an, this is Paul talking, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. And what he's saying is, listen, listen, I, I don't care who's going to prophesy over you, whether it's Rick Warren or, 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 or Chris Kildosha or Josie, whoever, whoever gives you a word, it has, it has to line up with the word. It has to be, has to be with scripture. Now, what if they say, well, Rebecca, I'm going to use pick on you because you're right here and you can handle it. But, you know, I just, well, Rebecca, I just, I see, I felt the Lord is giving you a new job. Now, is that in scripture? You can't find anywhere where it says, and Rebecca got a new job. It's not in there that I know of. <laughs> Email me if you, if you see it. So it's, 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 I don't know if it's extra biblical, but it's, it's not in the Bible, right? And so, and so that, that's the kind of word that she might have to be like, well, I'm going to have to judge that word myself. But anytime we, we, we do a word over saying, hey, I just feel like you're supposed to divorce your husband. Like that's against the Bible, right? That's an easy one, right? Hey, I feel like you're supposed to, you're supposed to sit on your couch and, and actually expect the Lord to do everything for you. That's not in the word either, right? I'm not convicting anybody. I'm just, that was just an example. But if you're convicted, I say go. Um, <laughs> so also know that we all have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. And if you don't, we need to pray for you to get saved. But, but if you're, if you're, if you're believing in Jesus and you're following him, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And it's the Spirit in you that's going to resonate with the Word. And so actually all prophetic words that you're given, whether I give it to you or destiny or anybody else, you're going to judge that word yourself. Second Peter 1 verse 20 through 21. But know this first of all, that no prophecy or scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever made in active human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And in First uh, John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so you have the Holy Spirit to resonate or not resonate with the word. So if you ever get a word from someone, and this would never happen in this community, I know it wouldn't. It's not that I even ever, but but if it ever does happen and you and your spirit just like gets, some people say you get slimed. I just say maybe you feel discouraged. You, you feel you don't feel encouraged, edified, exhorted, built up. Any of those, if you feel kind of um, condemned by a word, um, your spirit will say, "Oh man, that feels horrible," right? And if that were to happen, you have my permission to say, "Father, was that from you? God, was that from you?" And, and you'll feel like, "Oh, that felt shameful." It's not from the Lord because the Father does not bring shame and condemnation, does He? He comes to bring life and life abundantly. So if you get a word that's not bringing life to you, you have my permission to do what we call flushing. So can everybody do this with me? Get your flusher out. You know I love to do this. Some of you guys know. Get your flusher out. Come on. Nobody's getting out of this one. All right, if you get a word that doesn't feel fun, that feels like icky on you, okay? And it's not the Lord. It's anti-biblical. You flush. You just go, 
and you let that thing go where all the turds go, okay? Right down the drain. Because listen, if we have people in our community that, if you get a, if, if someone starts giving you a word, I, I had a word, someone come to my house one time and they said, well, I got a word for you, Jesse. And I said, oh, I bet you do. And, and they said, I, I just feel like you need to be careful of the people that you let into your house. I have a whole, we had, we had our home group, you know, a few years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm and I have a big smile on my face because I'm pastoral. And I was like, huh. Okay, you're new. Oh, you are new. Okay, yeah. Okay, I've never seen you before. Okay. Hey, you know, I don't, I don't think that's from the Lord. Because you know what? It, it, it brought fear and it brought suspicion. See, I, I know that the Lord, if, if the Lord has brought someone to my house, it's because he wants to deliver them. Because I carry deliverance. Because, so, and if, if he's brought them to our house, he's brought them here for family. Not to be suspicious of and be afraid of. And so, and maybe it was just the way this person shared it. It, it just came out wrong. I don't know. I just know that it felt kind of icky. It felt like it was laced with fear. And, and, um, and I kind of knew the person too, so I kind of knew what to expect a little bit. But I had that word, and you know what? If I had held on to that word and put it in my back pocket and built an identity around it, Everybody that came to my door now, I'd be suspicious of. And I wouldn't walk in the door with the big open arms. I'd say, so what are you doing here? Are you one of those people I'm supposed to be afraid of? Because I, I got prophesied over that I should be afraid of people. Versus, wow, I don't know who you are. You look a little scary, but Jesus loves you and so do I. <laughs> Listen, I'm not afraid of people because I'm not battling this flesh and blood. I don't battle with people coming to my door. And by the way, I have a room full of people that know just what to do with your demons, right? So I'm not worried about this. I have a church full of people now. This is great. <laughs> All right. So if you get a negative word that doesn't flow from the Lord, I need you guys to be powerful. Can you say, I'm going to be powerful? Because if we can't do this in a safe, healthy way, then we, when, then we can't do it. Because this is, this is family, and we're allowed to make messes. We're allowed to screw up. You're allowed to get words wrong. In fact, can I, can, I, can I give you an example of what it might look like to get a word wrong and how to, what do you do if somebody gives you a word that's not from the Lord? Can I do that? That's kind of fun. I was going to use somebody else, but then I, I don't want to put them on the spot. But um, Chris, you want to come up here real quick? You can come up. You, this would never happen to him, so I don't mind doing this. All right. So I'm going to have Chris give me a word that's not from the Lord. I don't even know if I can. Um, That's what I was worried about. <laughs> yep. All your money disappears. <laughs> and I, all my money disappears. You got the spirit of poverty is going to come upon you, Jesse. <laughs> One of the reasons why I couldn't see myself doing this with somebody, but I just thought. So if, if I had that kind of a word, I'm thinking to myself, oh, that, that doesn't feel like the Lord at all. That's not the heart of the Father. And it's not what the Bible preaches. I, I heard life abundant, not life in poverty. And so my first response, I might say, wow. <laughs> okay, can I give you some feedback? <laughs> and really feedback is, hey, I just want to know if I'm doing this right. Right? Am I lear I'm, I'm learning in this prof prophecy thing. Could you tell me, maybe give me some, maybe you could ask for feedback. Hey, do you feel like that was from the Lord, Jesse? And I might say, you know, I'm going to give you some feedback. I really love that you stepped out in risk. I love that you stepped out in faith. Like, you just went for it. I love that. But, I, you know, I, I felt like that word actually wasn't what the Lord was saying. And I could give him more context if I have time and I'm friends with him or whatever. But you could just say, hey, I appreciate you trying and, and give a shout. But I, that wasn't the Lord. Bless you, brother. And that's all you have to do. Thanks. <laughs> I know. It, <laughs> he's not good at playing the bad guy. <laughs> But listen, that's, that's totally okay. Because if we're going to let people take risk, we have to be okay with the other side of it being wrong. Like I was saying, you know, with my daughter, or maybe, you know, when Josue, when he's learned to walk and stuff, or, you know, when he falls, or he, or he jumps off a, a curb and he falls, I don't ever say, don't you ever try to jump off curbs again. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't rebuke him and say, don't you ever try that again. You're definitely not a jumper. You do not have that gift. You have other gifts that, that God has graced you with, but not that gift that the Holy Spirit might have given you. 
And so, as a father, I say, whoa, you really went for it. You fell. It didn't work out the way you thought it was. But get back up there and try again. Because I know if you keep trying, it'll be like the talents in the hands of somebody that when they, when they, when they sow the talents and they, and they use the talents they have, God wants to give them more. And I want to tell you guys, when you prophesy and you practice and you try again and you try again, I'm going to be real with you guys, 95% of you are going to get the word right today. I just know it. Just history has told me that most of the time Christians get the word right every time. But if it doesn't happen, if you're that weird 1% or 5%, you just try again. And it gets better and better. Not because God gets better. He doesn't become more powerful in your life. What happens is you learn to trust Him better. And you learn to hear His voice better. And so I want to encourage you guys. I tell everybody, the gift of prophecy, like all the gifts, it's like, it's like building muscles. I remember this great uh, man of God, uh, Joaquin Evans, would say, hey, you want to know why I see more people get healed than most people? Because I pray for more people to get healed. And I just thought, well, that's so simple, God. You mean if I just pray for more people, more people will get healed? Yes. It's unavoidable because you're moving in the heart of God and you're telling him, listen, I'm not afraid to get things wrong for, it not to, for me not to see the results instantly. I'm going to keep going. And so I want to encourage you guys. So listen, um, what we're going to do is we're going to actually practice now for the next 15 minutes, okay? Now put your hand on your heart. And say this to me right now. Say, heart, you're going to be okay. Listen, if, if you're an introvert and you're, you don't really love talking to new people, today is your day. If you're an extrovert and you love talking to people, today is also your day. This is not something we make you do every Sunday, but today is your day. Say, it's my day. Say, I'm not going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Okay. I'm, now, now I'm, if you have to go, no shame. No shame at all. I, I get that. <laughs> but if there's 30 people in there, we're going to know. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. This is church. We shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff like activating people in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, church has to be a place where we practice. Because when you're standing in front of this, the Starbucks barista, it can't be the first time that you actually try to hear from God for somebody else about something that you could not know about. So this is your day. All right. Here's the, here's the three-step process, and then we're going to jump in. Step one, hear from God first. And all that, this is relationship with the Father. Don't make this weird, okay? This is just normal relationship. This is you and Him. You say, God, I love you. I, lo I know that you love me. Would you give me an encouraging word for Rebecca? And He may speak to you through a picture, a, 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 a voice. You might get an impression. You might get a scripture. You might get a song. You might get a feeling. A joy rises up inside you. Okay, and, 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 and so, so step one, get the word or a picture. And so, okay, we're, oh, what do you have for Rebecca? Okay, yeah, that's great. Okay. Step two, so I got a picture of a jacket for Rebecca, okay? Step two, I don't know what that means. Is that okay? Yes, because I'm not a mind reader. I don't read God's mind because mind reading does not constitute a relationship. I'm in relationship. And so I ask him, hey, Father, hey, hey, Dad, how... How come you showed me a picture of a jacket for Rebecca? That's so interesting. And then you stop and you listen. Because when I ask my wife a question, and if I were to keep talking, it would be weird. Right? So I ask her a question, I ask her, and then I listen for her to answer. It's the same thing here. It's a relationship you're in. Okay? And so then I say, God, what is it about that? And so part two, you get the interpretation. Everybody say interpretation. Say revelation, interpretation. All right, now the last part is really important. When you deliver the word, you want to do it with, with humility because you might be wrong. Chances are you're going to be 100% right. But if you're wrong, you don't want to say, thus saith the Lord, this is what he says to you. And it's because if you're wrong, like you've just, you've given that person a really tough position. How do I say no to this? When you say it's thus saith the Lord. But if I were to say, hey, Rebecca, I feel like God is saying this. And then I go big. And if, if you come in with humility, you can, 
you can prophesy. Oh, I just, I just see, I see, I see, I see, I see you. <laughs> I see you putting on a whole new jacket at work. I see a promotion. Actually, I see the places that you stewarded in the jacket that you're wearing now. You've grown out of it because you stewarded it. The talents that he's giving you, the gifts, he is actually allowing you to take that jacket off and go to the next place. I actually see like a members only jacket on you. He starts laughing. I like a members only, like you win at the, at the PGA tour, you know, the golf, like they have a special jacket for people that win. And I, and I see you winning that jacket. And I just want to say like, this is a jacket that you never have to take off. And so I could stop there. I could say, Hey God, is there more? Because sometimes he wants to say more. And I just want to, that's, if you're, if you're, if you're advanced in prophecy, I want to encourage you, ask for more. All right, so that's the three things. What's really important there is you come with me and say, I feel like God is saying this. And then you could say, hey, did that feel like it was the Lord? Did that feel like it was from God? Does, does that feel like it was from God? Cool. And we could ask, hey, interviewer, hey, what, what did that speak to you about? But when they're crying, you just know. You're like, that was good. That was, I got it. I had some friends who used to say, if you make a guy cry, it's two points. If it's a girl, it's one. At, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> I got the oh my gosh my front line oh yeah. things things not to say anymore okay <laughs> all right I want everybody to stand up and I want you to find one person it'd be better if you were behind you or in front of you because you don't know them very well okay now listen we're gonna do this twice okay All right. No, no, I, I don't want you to start finding out what they did this month. Shh. Ask them their name, and that's it. Did you get everybody? Every, does it, does it, if, if, you, if somebody next to you does not have somebody, you can pull them in. Shh. Okay, okay. Shh. Now I need you quiet. Now I need you quiet. Listen, I, I remember the one, the first time I did this, very first time, I, I got a scripture over somebody. It was, it was Galatians 9, 7. And if you don't know, there's no Galatians 9. Um, and so I was, I was not encouraged, but I did it a second time and I got it right. So don't, you're, you're probably way ahead of me. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. Listen, I want to I want to let you on a little secret. Most people, when they do this, feel a little uncertain. They get a little, they're a little like ah, the anxiety starts riding up because you you're about to hear from God. And you're about to bring a massive place of life in this person, and that can be nervous. All right, so don't don't feel like you're not qualified if you're nervous right now. In fact, probably you're more qualified because of that. All we're doing is we're going to ask God what He loves about this person. Do you have a word for them? It could be about the future. It could be about the past. All I ask is that you make sure you use that really good filter. Okay? That's, all, that's the biggest requirement. And then I'm going to let God really speak to you. I'm going to do a step-by-step. So don't start talking to each other. Wait till the end. And I say start sharing it. All right, so close your eyes because that way you're not distracted by the handsome person next to you. Father, we thank you that you love us so much that you cannot wait to give that person an encouraging word of destiny, of life, of abundance, and that you love us so much that you can't wait to use us like Ezekiel to do it. And that you qualified us and that we hear your voice. Now listen, I want you to stop trying to do this right now. Just relax a little bit. Let your arms, let your shoulders drop a little bit. Just relax. The fastest way to not prophesy is to try too hard. All right, so Father, we just ask. Just ask him right now. God, would you give me a picture, a word, a verse for the person standing in front of me that would encourage them, that would bless them, that would edify them? Just a couple more seconds. All right, now everybody, everybody look, open your eyes. 
And so I'm, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but I, I would imagine in a room this size, there's probably 10 or 15 people that don't think they got anything. Okay? It's just averages. Here's what you do. You ask again. It's super spiritual, but we're going to do it anyway. All right? You guys ready? Ask again. Just ask again. And however small thing popped into your consciousness, listen, the, the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ. Okay. If you still didn't get it, you will once we do the interpretation. So step two, God, would you tell us why you shared that, that word, that picture, that song, that verse with us, with us for that person? Would you just give us the, give us the interpretation now? For me, the, the picture just starts to develop in my heart. You start to get a feeling for what that means. You don't have to have exact wordage. But some of you is going to speak super clear to. Okay. Now this last step, I'm going to give you two minutes. Everybody say two minutes. Say he means two. All right. I'm going to sh- I want you to start sharing that word with the other person right now. Just take turns and, and ask that person, does that feel like it's from the Lord? And then switch people. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Can I get your attention again? Can it? Shh. I know this is going to be really tough. You guys got this. Shh. I believe in you. I believe in you. How many of you guys, you received an awesome word from God? Raise your hand. Come on. That's amazing. How many of you guys had never done this before and this was your first time? Raise your hand. This is your first time ever giving a word to somebody. I love it. Now the reality is, the reality is some of you guys, it's not your first time. Shh. It's not your first time, but you're not used to doing it. And I want to encourage you. This is, this is your chance to start gaining momentum. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to dismiss you guys in just a second. Actually, we're going to do it again. But I'll, our kids, I, I just the message went a little longer than I thought, and so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give our kids work as a break. Here's also this will be your opportunity as soon as I dismiss everybody. If you want to share more of the word, or if you want to tell that person, man, how just thankful you are that you spoke to me because I didn't get anything out of the message, you could do that too. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I know some of the best part of church is getting a word from someone next to you. So can I, can I pray for us right now? Paul says to Tiffany, Timothy, do not, do not uh, stop um, the practice of laying on of hands. And so, Father, I, right now, for, through impartation, God, I pray for an impartation of the prophetic, Father. I pray for your, your prophetic spirit just to be fostered and grown God and as we've used our talents this morning father I pray that right now that you would that you actually I believe this God that you're right now you're increasing the prophetic ability of our whole church that the church itself has gone to the next level in prophesying some of you here are going to prophesy well above your prophetic abilities I, I, I see some I see you guys prophesying at the person in front of you at the grocery store I see it at Starbucks I see at work I see some of you guys are going to be turning to your co-workers and saying I have an encouraging word um, would you like to hear it? Some of you guys, I hear you saying, uh, you know, sometimes God shares with me really encouraging things. Can I share it with you? And I, and I just felt like we're going to have all these testimonies next week that came from that. So, Lord, we just release the, the more of the, pro, the prophetic words over this church, God. That every Sunday it is free game. Every day that ends in Y is a free game, God. So, Lord, we just release all these Holy Spirit, fiery Christians that follow you, Jesus, and do what you do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Come on, that's awesome. Um, can we get the prayer team to come on up? And then I'm going I'm to do one last announcement as the prayer team's coming up. We have a class. Everybody, real quick, just 
just take a second. We have a class right after this by our own Nissa Andrews. Nissa, raise your hand. Would you both hands? Yeah, there we go. That's Nissa. She's going to be teaching a class on pain-free childbirth. She is highly qualified. And if you've ever wondered about having childbirth without pain, with lots of faith and lots of conviction that you can be the best thing you've ever done, I want to encourage you. So about, about five or ten minutes over there in the, in the middle section is when she's going to teach that class. All right? You don't have to be pregnant yet. You can just want to get pregnant someday. Amen. Okay. Bless you guys. Come on up for prayer if you need it. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.